February 21, 2021. It's a lot from Pedro's show.
Lock for Pedro Show. Happy Sunday. Uh, started the show off. Peace on Earth. This is Alice Coltrane taking John Coltrane's Peace on Earth and then, like, kind of overdubbing it on it. So they're playing together, even though, yeah, different dimensions. Now they're both together. I remember when I turned 40, I went to a, he's buried in Pine Lawn on Long Island. And uh, it was one of those twofers. So, yeah, getting it ready for Alice's. Uh, then we had uh, Ether Jag with the destroyed articles. And people, uh, uh, Quentin Quarantino Motes and Brother Matt's at the Love Grotto on the Polish Point, a couple miles south here. But I am not totally man alone because of those software engineers in Estonia with their righteous Skype invention. I got Miss Bridget Venuti on board from Pawtucket. We ain't going to say the George Hurley version. <laughs> Rhode Island. Mighty, mighty big Rhode Island. Uh, Bridget, welcome aboard. And uh, I want to talk about your, your journey through music. So uh, what's your earliest mu musical recollection? Well, I think it was probably when I had this little alarm clock radio thing. I was probably like eight years old and I needed it to wake up for school. And I would just have doo-wop on I listened to the oldies station and I really liked that and then I remember eventually like turning the dial a little bit and it would hit the alternative station like in the 90s so that when I finally started moving the dial I would hear like Nirvana and Hole and the Smashing Pumpkins and where was this um, I was living in Buffalo, New York at that time. Sure, sure. West, West New York and right by the falls. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, incredible, Pat. I got to one do, once do a gig with, uh, be on the same stage as Sonny Chirac. Wow. Incredible in cat. In Buffalo? Yeah, yeah, because the gig got canceled. It was, there was riots happening here in SoCal and somebody pulled a fire alarm so they thought it might spread to, I think it was Buff State. I know I played there at Buff State with the Minutemen. So we didn't get uh, get to play, but they paid us. And I said, man, you got to find a gig. So they found this gay disco, and uh, we played there. And <laughs> Ika Mouse and Sonny Chirac, and that was incredible. Uh, awesome. But let's talk about you. So uh, radio, that's like a lot of people's early. Makes it makes a good sense. Now, this, this pad you grew up in, was there musical instruments? No, my dad loved classic rock. So I do remember listening to like, he loved like Bowie and Jethro Tull and like the band and stuff. But um, we didn't have any musicians in the family, no. But he's a listener. He's got a record collection. Yeah. Okay. And maybe that had some influence. Or maybe, Definitely. you know, influence doesn't mean, oh, I'm going to be that. It could be opposite. <laughs> you're still influenced, right? But you're like kind of reacting against. So anything, yeah. I'm curious about, you know, when we're young, because you don't really have choice, right? You grow up in this thing, you open your eyes, you're alive. And now here's your situation. And there's these sounds. And you ended up being a musician. So that's why I'm curious. Uh, what about uh, uh, the first record you bought with your own money? Um, That would probably be either a Nirvana CD, I think maybe the Unplugged CD, or um, Beck, like Odelay. Sure. I think, yeah. Because, you know, when you're young, you ain't got a lot of money, so you spend it. Ah, what am I going to spend it on? 
And what about? I would save up my lunch money. I would not eat lunch and just yeah, save yeah. it for CDs. <laughs> so that means you kind of fucking really wanted it, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. What about first gig you saw? With my parents, or no, I just saw? Like, you know, you saw, seen people playing. You know what you ended up doing later in your life, playing gigs. It's kind of blurry. I know my first concert was Billy Joel with okay. my mom and dad, but the first one that I you remember <laughs> like choosing, yeah. I think in I lived in Nashville, Tennessee actually. I moved there when I was 8, so they had this River Stages series and uh, I think I went there and I saw Veruca Salt. Yeah, <laughs> like, Chicago, right? Two ladies. What? Two, I think uh, Chicago, and they were two ladies and two guys. Yeah. Uh, what about um, what about at school? Were you in a choir, the marching band, or shit like that? Um, I played saxophone when I was in middle school, but uh-huh. I remember I had braces, and I would always Ooh. wear like garish red lipstick, and I would like I would have to change my reed like every day because the reed would just get destroyed. But yeah, I played saxophone. It got destroyed by both lipstick and braces. <laughs> yeah, it was a mess. It was chemical <laughs> it didn't and last physical. Very long. I don't think I was playing saxophone by eighth grade. I think oh, it was okay. like two years. But is that your first instrument? Um. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Okay. Now. You only did it at school, or did you do the after-school thing with your buddies, like the garage band, bedroom band, uh, basement band? Well, I played guitar, too. I got guitar lessons, and I got my first guitar, like, a little bit after the saxophone. Um, And I would just play in my room as loud as I could without getting in trouble. (laughs) I had some pedals, and I would just hook up the pedals and... But it was it was woman alone, or, or did you start making a band? Yeah, I didn't have a lot of friends okay. who played instruments at that age. Sure, sure, sure. Now, I'm curious, were you trying to, like me and Dee Boom, were trying to learn songs, Blue Oyster Cult, Creedence songs off records. Did you do that, or were you starting to write your own material? I was definitely rebelling against, like, traditional music at that time. I was such a bad kid. I was just like, I want to make noises and sounds and like walls of sound and I honestly like I couldn't write a real song and I'm in music school now and I'm I'm about to turn 35 and I'm in music school with 20 year olds because I never learned that stuff um but so I did a lot of improv and recording at home but it's really hard to like communicate with other people when you don't have a language for it yeah, yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's like uh, the the lights go out at the bathhouse and you're groping around, you know. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, kind of like that. <laughs> but w- w- did you have a four track, like a cassette? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I always did everything on my task cam. Well, I'm, I'm trying to really promote this idea that people who make music can record. The, I don't think there has to be such a division like the old days. Yeah, the technology is getting cheaper and cheaper. That's right. And, like, I have a digital four-track now. It's not even a four-track. It's an eight-track. And, like, I record everything on that. So. Right, right. And, and and also, there's nobody in between. You don't have to compromise. Yeah. And that's how I've done everything. And, like, I'm, I'm in school now because I want to be able to work more with other people. But, yeah, I definitely made it... Uh, 
a point to be like totally self-contained in my recording process. Yeah, that's a bit. Well, it seems like you got a good start. At I want to play this uh, Ether Jag. The center swallows everything.
smart to think attaches on his head with the missing link. He's skinny as a snake and fast as a meat, but he ain't for sale unless you add the kitchen sink. Well, look out, here he comes again. Look out. I say he said he's my free best friend. Look out. He's so honest that the dishonest dread. Meeting a kid with the replaceable
It's got to the point where I don't understand Why a case of stupids covers this land People being crazy and eternally rude Who's out there throwing away all this uh, raw food? Sure, I suppose it's nobody's fault Things happen and of course they fall apart What's old always passes for new. But you know, the same old devils, they go on and waltz on through. There's them things you can't buy. If you can't buy, steal it. If you feel a little exposed, the law's got you covered. You'll be way ahead. With everything moving so slowly, except the beginning of the end. To the point where I don't understand why a case of stupids covers this land. People being crazy and eternally rude. Who's out there throwing raw meat for food? Thank you. 
There's some things you can't buy. If you can't buy it, steal it.
Live from Pedro Show. Start off that chunk of music with The Center Swallows Everything, Ether Jag. Then Richard Hell sent me this uh, CD of this. He found the master tapes to Destiny Street, remixed it and stuff. And it was beautiful. He wrote nice things to me on it and stuff. And this is Kid with Praceable Head. I remember when this came out, it was a seven inch. And uh, I was like, wow, the bass has got a lot of notes. And then you look at the credits and Richard stopped playing the bass. You know, he's, that's one of the reasons he was my first punk. I didn't know the bass player could run the band. I thought it was more your retarded friend you put in right field. Like Little League, you know, where nobody hits the ball. Okay, <laughs> Thurston Moore after that with The Home, something he just recorded. This new album. Da uh, Dagger Moth, brand new from Italy, Unleashed. Yeah, Sarah, incredible. Uh, she, she, you know, she's, uh, right because of uh, COVID-19 and stuff. And I'm going to turn my... Uh, teach myself how to record, and this is something from her self-record thing she's just learned. Ava Mendoza after that with Art Matters, uh, number two, some music somebody asked her to do for their uh, show, and uh, she's incredible guitar. Brooklyn now, but she's Orange County, I'm here. Uh, Hans Rotten from Sweden with uh, drums, guitar, screwth, twang. Bombas Prendon, Case of Stupids uh, from the D.C. area. Uh, I don't know, made 5,000 songs in 40 years and did five gigs. Trippy. Trip. They're still together. Uh, Ether Jag, finally. Ancient Flowers. So, uh, all through school and stuff, you know, high school, junior high, grade school and shit, you, you never made bands. When you get out of school, well, like the music that I, I got from you here is a lot of, I don't hear a lot of guitar. Or am I mistaken? Is it going through effects? I think I started playing more guitar in the last five years. I can, I think I have a theory for, for that though. Cause when I first was recording on my four track, I think it was very like sci-fi. Like it, it, I almost had this aesthetic in my head that was like, and I think a lot of people who were doing noise music in the 2000s also did. It's like you have the table and it's like your control table and you're like, you're like the pilot or something. You, I would set up these pedals and uh, loopers and whatever, and I would have my table. And if I could set it to make almost like an automatic song, I I think it was like a post-apocalyptic aesthetic almost that like it was not supposed to be music, but it was. <laughs> right. Music is sound, right? Yeah. Okay. Sometimes it has rhythm. Sometimes it has lyrics. Yeah. But it, basically it is sound. Uh, so, okay. The way you get the sound, like... From my days when I was young, yeah, you learn these little licks that you do on your fingers on the neck of the bass of the guitar, right? And they're usually kind of copies of some old blues guy <laughs> or some folk guy, right? Uh, later on, like especially with the synthesizers, right? But even even Jimmy, you know, he, he fuzz pedal, wow wow pedal. Even though he knows the blues, he knows how to do all them licks and stuff, he starts bringing in kind of trippy sounds. And, and and we're talking about late 60s, right? So by the time it gets to you, I think it's valid. I mean, it's people trying to find their own voice. How, mu how much does people just want to copy, right? So I think you were trying to be pioneer in a trippy way. Find what's your voice. 
Yeah, well, I went down to the International Noise Conference in Miami, I think when I was like 17. And I saw people doing so many like mind-blowing things that were sort of bordering on music and performance and noise and just kind of like interweaving all those things that I was really inspired by that. So I always tried to make a atmospheric sort of maybe it's music, maybe it's a soundtrack kind of thing. I don't know. Oh, like cinematic. Yeah, I think my stuff is kind of cinematic. Yeah. But I also think that might have been a product of not knowing what I was doing. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but sometimes, you know, accidents, right? E- yeah. Even even if you've been working a machine a long time, you're hoping for accidents because you get cut, caught in shtick and cliché. So there's something to be said about that. And maybe that no- you were inspired by that convention. Yeah. Okay. For sure. So in a way, maybe you were looking for like, quote, new traditions, unquote, like they ain't old timey, but it's some kind of like something to grab. Well, you fucking it resonated in you. You felt it. Yeah, I was deeply entrenched in that scene. And also my friend Ren that you talked to right. was as right. well. There were a lot of people, at least on the East Coast in the U.S., that um, sort of bonded over experimental music. Okay, you know in the, old, in the 70s punk, that was part of it. There was something here in SoCal called the Free Music Society, right? L.A. Free Music Society. And the big band that came out of that was Smagma, and then they moved to Portland. And their album sounded like somebody with the fucking, uh, you know, TV on in the living room, and they're just recording. Oh, yeah, we love them. (laughs) Oh, you know about Smegma. Okay. Okay, so like I'm saying, in some ways, there's traditions of this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so to me, it's valid. And and, in fact, that's a big part of the movement. It wasn't just playing guitars real fast and uh, slamming. First pogo and then slamming. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, so, so I'm curious about this. Okay, so, 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 what about? It seems like there's one branch of this kind of thing you're talking about. This uh, scene, way into gear, and because I'm talking to Door right from Baltimore. Oh yeah, and he's like, <laughs> you got to get over it. And I kind of agree with him, right? And I think that was one of the thing about the movement. Like, you didn't have to have big monies, and you even mentioned earlier the technology's getting more econo. So is gear really that important? I think I think if you are dedicated to learning your fancy gear, that can be amazing. But I also think it can be a crutch if you don't know what you're doing. I think it's a good time to bring up my friend Carlos because I told you that I didn't have a way to communicate with people musically, that's the one person I could communicate with. And we have a project called Cream Candles. Um, It's sort of been on hiatus for a little while, but um, he was making like the best music that I knew of at the time with just like a four track tape sample and his voice. Or just like some little pieces of garbage. And that was super inspiring to me too. And I think to a lot of people. Um, the Russian Sarlag. You know there was this Dada thing called Mares? Where like Hans Schwitters I think was a big cat in this. Like you make art out of garbage. 
Uh, yeah. But visual, right? Maybe there's an analog to that to sound. Yeah, I think that was definitely a thing in like our scene at the time. A lot of people play through laptops now, which is fine and cool, but um, I don't think people were doing that so much like 10 years ago, which is when most of my memories of shows are from. Well, you're talking about a scene. You're talking about Carlos. How did you get connected with this? Um, well, all right. So way back, like when I was in high school, I would go on the internet and look for different music. So I, I made a friend who invited me to go down to this noise conference in Miami. And I basically met, I met so many people that I ended up knowing for a long time there um i didn't meet him then i saw him perform but um he was there with a bunch of people from tampa the cepheus treat label that's run by todd lynn um they just did they did some crazy stuff like there was a band called the hepatitis youth and they would just like throw themselves all over the place uh I don't know. I ended up going to that and then I would re-meet people in different cities. Like I got really inspired to play. So I would just run into people in different cities at shows and I don't know, ended up. Okay. T tell, tell me about uh, your first gig. My first show that I played was probably in Nashville. I think it was at the Springwater Bar in Nashville, and I was 17, and I was probably underage and not legally allowed to be in that bar, but that bar was so fun. <laughs> and what was the gig like? It was you by yourself, right? Yeah, I played, I think I played sitting on the floor with, like, my chaos pad, like, looper thing. I had I had this whole thing in my head that I was, like, a, a baby doll. <laughs> like I was going to be like <laughs> flopping over on the floor, but it was super, super loud. And I was... think, I think I just like, uh, did effects on my vocals and like loops of vocals. It was this a success. I have no idea. <laughs> well, I mean, they didn't throw shit at you. I mean, I've, I've had a lot of gigs where you kind of tell it's not going over good. <laughs> A lot of really nice people there. Oh, okay. Think, uh, do you know Ed Wilcox? I think he. Oh yeah. Be, yeah. Drummer man, right? He's been on the show. Incredible. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, we got to thank Evan Evan Lipson for that connect too. Yeah. Look, Bridget, we're at the end of the first hour of the February 21, 2021 edition of the Waff Peter Show. Special guest Bridget Venuti. Hold tight for hour two. February 21, 2021. It's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro show.
Is this music?
Lock for Pedro Show. We start off the second hour with Conduit from Etherjag. Team Dresch. This has got Donna Dresch, incredible bass lady in it. It's her band, Olympia. Basket. Uh, Laura Silva. No. L- Laurie Silva. It's one word. Shaky situation. She's going to be on the show soon. So is the next uh, lady, uh, Alessandra Novaga. Frankfurter out of two. Yeah, these guys were... Well, maybe they were ladies. Like, what? Why you got all these dudes on the show? But, man, I don't pick <laughs> boy or girl or shit. You know, it just connects music-wise. So I ain't trying to be sexist or shit. So sorry about that impression. Uh, yeah, Alessandra no- no- Novaga with Frankfurter out of tune. Don't let them catch you from Funhouse. Funhouse is a band that had Al's bag in the like, late 80s. And uh, or middle 80s, and I think uh, the guitar man Craig Lee was the first guy to write about Minutemen in the LA Times. It was on synthesizer. And Al's bag really important. The bags was the first punk band Minutemen saw. And I couldn't believe the gig. I, I looked at D Boone. I said, "Man, we could do this." And Andrea Pensato after that with right here. She's going to be on the show later next month. And Garment Factory from Ether Job. So, so what's what, when did Ether Jag? Is this like a uh, your performing identity, or? Yeah, I guess I uh, always just wanted to have like um, like an alter ego, I guess. And like, is this is this word "jag" like uh, the old drug term? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's not short for jaguar. Okay. Yeah. Because in Pedro, <laughs> when you you're on a jag, it ain't. It ain't it, it's not a good time. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's a double entendre. It's ether, but it's like the ether. <laughs> you mean ether like the chemical, like the Hunter S. Thompson and his lawyer? <laughs> it sounds like that, but yeah, like right. uh, I think I was thinking more like the. The archaic like term for like the energy that's floating around. It's oh yeah like, yeah yeah. Describe it now. No, ether was the shortcut with the old science because how could waves work if you didn't have some kind of medium? So they invented this thing called the ether that was in between everything. There's no vacuums, right? Yeah. They found out they were wrong, but or whatever. <laughs> Actually, the whole fucking thing works, and we're just trying to build models to wrap our head around it. <laughs> so. And what was that an Ether Jag gig that you did in Nashville at the uh, Springwater? Yeah, I played there probably a hundred times. No, but your first gig, your first gig, you were called Ether Jag, going way back. I wasn't, but I don't even want to say. Oh, okay, okay, that's all right. <laughs> I've had a couple of bad names that I don't want to revisit. Oh I think. yeah, yeah. Bad. So being naive and just, I, I'm i not proud of some of the things I've called myself. Yeah, you can. <laughs> we'll it, stick with either jag. Yeah, it's possible to make up some terrible band names. <laughs> I mean, Get it? Yeah. I played with this band. They were called California. I said, oh, the fucking things you could call your band. <laughs> California. And of course they weren't from California. <laughs> of course they weren't. <laughs> Look, I want to call. I want to call. I want to play Neptune's Grotto. Mm-hmm. 
from Pedro Show, Neptune's Grotto, Ether Jag, off the air. Uh, Enlightening Bridget, to, yeah, this Giuseppe Garibaldi quote because of the Neptune in her title. It was something like Bacchus drowned more sailors than Neptune. And Watt doing in Italian is pretty, yeah, ooh, slaughtered another language, Watt. You know. uh, St- um, Sam Locke Ward after that, and the Quiet Man uh, out of Iowa City with pigs. Uh, in a live version. Then Quiet Pig out of Italy. Uh, say goodbye. Kurt Stifle and the Swing Shift, brand new Hungry Animals. Uh, sleep Party People with Dwarf and the Horse. The Copenhagen X, or maybe it's 10. Roman numeral, right? Sessions. And finally, Bodies on Ice, Ether Jag. So, did you take Ether Jag on tour? Many, many times. <laughs> and, what, and what's an Ether Jag tour like? Pretty self-contained, Probably huh? Probably driving around in a car with like two other people who are also playing solo and playing in basements to like ten or fifteen people. So it's like oh, three different acts. So you're you're traveling together. I mean, that's yeah, how we started. Yeah, I've been on a few tours like that. Us and Black Flag. Now there was ten of us, so not as much room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, we can have a really tiny car and it works okay. out. As there's Billy's fucking, uh, his pop's sh- a Chevy boat. Uh, we destroyed it. You know, it was too much. And uh, I was so up there, there was three levels that I couldn't read. You couldn't put your hands up to read a book. So you just laid there. Some of these hell rides were like 17, 19 hours. So, okay. But that makes sense, though. You combine together, tour together, pool your resources. And we call them kind of gigs character builders. I should have a lot of character by now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. My, my, my opinion, if you can't play those gigs, you shouldn't get to play the other ones either because, you know, whatever. <laughs> That's just what I think. So, uh, but do you think it was important? What about just the, the idea of traveling around and playing for, the, even if it's not millions of people, but still going around and learning other people's town by playing, spending a day there and a night? I, mean, I lived for that for yeah, okay. my entire 20s. Like, that was so much fun. Because I hear people whine about it. It depends on your personality, but I mean, here's the thing. I'm about four and a half years sober now. I couldn't have gotten through that being sober. And (laughs) I I also haven't really toured in that amount of time. So there's a correlation. (laughs) (laughs) Tour tour life is not a sober life. Okay. No. Oh, I got some stories, too. I'm hoping I'll go on tour again when my schooling is over uh, in a whole different way. Well, tell me about the schooling. Would the the schooling come like, you know what, I'm I'm not going to tour and I'm going to get some education, a a different kind of education? It was like a lot of things all at once because I moved up to Providence to, like, get my shit together you know it's a little harder to survive here so i knew i couldn't be a mess and live here and it worked and um i got a job working with um adults who have developmental disabilities and we started a crazy band called rat jelly 
they picked the name, but we would have like these raucous band practices and I got them like a gig downtown in Providence and it was so much fun. And I was like, hey, I think I'm going to become a music therapist because that's a real job. And I didn't realize that the training was so rigorous. I'm, I've been in school for like four years and I still have two years left, but I'm taking classical voice lessons, which is crazy because I learned I have to like power lift basically to have these like singing muscles. So you're talking like in the diaphragm. Yeah. Not really the throat. You got to protect the throat. That's a problem. People use the throat too much and blow it out, right? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, D- here's an example. Dee Boone volunteered time with some autistic cats that like had a wall, and music could reach them. Yeah. So yeah, I think what you're doing that's is what bitching. I want to do. My I, buddy I brother Sam in, in England's doing the same thing in in Hastings. Well, he works in uh, Brighton, but lives in Hastings. And the, and music reaches where other therapy don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think what you're doing is righteous. Look, we're at the end of the second hour, February 21, 2021, uh, edition of Watt Peter's special guest, Bridge of Anuti. Hold time for our three. I think so. I get free guitar lessons. Well, not free, <laughs> but it's part of it. <laughs> February 21, 2021. It's the third hour of the Watt from...
The devil was working overtime in the Greyhound bus terminal. But if the robot I'm building works, there's an outlet down at the bus terminal, and I'll plug it in there and demonstrate it for you. You could bring a movie camera and take pictures of it. I'll have the robot done by the middle of March or the middle of April. getting off dope, you know, tranquilizers, by getting a lot of natural sleep and eating pretty good, more of his natural abilities will return. And by educating, he can develop his skills as much as his or her brain will allow. I've been nervous-minded since I was 15 years old. I'm at least 85% sane now. But when the insanity gets to be too much inside of me, you know what I do? I scribble on a piece of paper. to go to bed early, to get a lot of sleep, and keep the wolf at bay.
Watch for Pedro Shoe. Vaporize and Ether Jag start off third hour. Uh, Crane with the river below. Network Glass is his door, huh? At Walmart. OVT2. You know what? I think a lot is his. We were talking, you know, and I didn't want to pry too much into his process, but it seems a lot of his stuff is after with the editing. He puts the fucking cuts and shit in rhythms. It's incredible. It blows my mind. Uh, clowns. They're from Brighton. Uh, buddies of Brother Sam. With X. Uh, Devil in the Greyhound. David Greenberger and Prime Lens. Uh, Nielsen out of Barcelona with Lifting the Veil. And finally, Down the Beach. Ether Jag. Is there a beach near you? Yeah, I live in the Ocean State. That's right. A lot, but but there's like a little bit of sand or... It, there's sand everywhere here. If In the summer, it's like beach sand. In the winter, it's like salt for it's, the ice. Looks like sand. And it's not as yellow. It's more white, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, almost every tour I had a, par- a Providence gig. P- Peter, from, the drummer of Mission Burma, lives there now. But there was, all, all, you know, the Metro Cafe or the Met Cafe. Or, uh, in the old days, it was this guy and his ma, a place called the Living Room. And the ma would cook you up this great fried chicken. It was a pro- Providence. And then RISD, of course, Talking Heads came from. Got to play there once with Fugazi. Uh, so right now you're doing education, but are you still composing? When I get some free time, I usually work on something on my digital 8-track, and then I usually have to put it down again for a couple of months. So I I get to it here and there, but I think one of the songs I sent you was something I just did in, like, 20 minutes. So I'm kind of working on, like, doing instant songs, which I never could really do before. For, for your... Education, do you ever get to use your own music? Uh, we have had some, like, song composition stuff, like like guitar song composition, but they don't know that I do this. Okay. It's like, <laughs> that's where the, um, the alter ego comes into play. <laughs> I got to tell you, Bridget, I know all about, I know all about that because, you know, in the seventies people hated punk. So you couldn't let anybody at school or work know at college because yeah, it was 76, 77. So I'm not a high school, but you couldn't let square Johns know. They would give you a bunch of hell. (laughs) I have so many different personalities at this point. Like, (laughs) (laughs) well, tell me about this song lizard of was. Hmm, that's a pretty mellow song. Yeah. I think that was when I first started um, putting stuff into my computer and editing more on there. Um, so there's like some backwards tracks and stuff. I flip them forwards and backwards, but that's one of the last things I did. See, see, that, that's kind of what I was saying about Dory. Like you get your performance, but then it's not over yet. Now you start mangling or perform it again. Uh, it's really interesting. Really, uh, I wish I knew more about it. No, when, when I'm done with this, I want to learn uh, you more. Are, you are. Let, let's, let's play Liz, Lizard of Was.
Watch for Pedro Show, last music for this edition. Ether Jag with Lizard of Was. And then Toleman Dietrich, that's John Dietrich from uh, Deerhoof. Zero Two. Uh, Emmett Kelly, he was on the show last month. Guitar Solo 4, <laughs> some of these titles. They can't get near Lizard of Was. <laughs> Zero Two, Guitar Solo 4, I'm sorry guys. <laughs> Try harder. And then... Finally, Ether Jag with Blood from a Star. That's an image. That's an, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, <coughs> Providence, you said it was kind of hard to live there, but did, was it also because they got the uh, institution? Did you go uh, searching around for where you wanted to go to music school? Um, I have had no contact with the universities here really that it's I live near them but they're not I I do have a dream of attending the Brown computer music PhD program but I doubt that's gonna happen that's where uh Wendy Carlos went I think yeah but the music therapy program is actually rare and I was driving an hour and a half to Worcester, Massachusetts to oh, go to okay. school <laughs> until the pandemic hit. Now I'm just on Zoom. So no, that I, was... I, I know where that is. I, I played there once uh, opening for Primus. Actually, the people, they say Worcester. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kid, if it's happening, they say Wicked Pisser. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> A cat from Worcester turned me on to Wicked Pisser. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, yeah, kind of a commute through the woods. I, I know that area you're talking about. I've crossed over. I-95 and all that. 495, the loop around. Yeah. So, uh, so you're in, yeah, because you're actually in Pawtucket. You're not in Providence. Why, you fucking idiot. I'm right on the line, though. But yeah, I know things are pretty close. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> things are pretty close. So close. <laughs> pretty pretty close. But okay, you mentioned Wendy Carlos and electronic music. Now, because he's in the early days, right? Switched on Bach. Yeah. A lot of keyboard involved. Uh, you don't really work a keyboard, right? I'm learning a lot more. Um, you know, especially with all the like the drills we have to go through. I'm, I know like every key and every, you know, I have a synthesizer that I use. It's like a JP 8,000 crazy, like digital synthesizer, but I don't use it like a keyboard. So you can't really tell. Right. Right. Well, when I saw first saw Perubu, uh, Alan Ravenstein, he had these two boxes. There was no keyboard. It wasn't a fake organ. It was weird sounds. Oh, yeah. I made a synthesizer, too. I've, like, made a couple of synthesizers from kits. And I used to make, um, I used to circuit bend kids' toys. So that might be some of the sounds that you didn't, uh, you said you couldn't tell where they were coming from. I have all these kids' toys. I have a big box of them, like, under my bed that I'm probably never going to use again. But I put switches in them. You call it circuit bend? Yeah, I I got that from Nautical Almanac. (laughs) (laughs) I loved them. Okay, okay. But you repurposed them from being a little kid thing into music making things. Yeah. Yeah, that's happened. What what about advice? A young person getting into music. Don't shirk learning 
music because you think you want to make your own kind of music, it's pretty helpful to know, like, you know, learning, like, scales and keys and stuff. Like, you should try it. Do it. <laughs> okay, okay. You're, you're talking, uh, and, and how about learning it? Through, through an institution, through a, a, a sensei, you know, a teacher? You could probably learn it from YouTube these days. Oh, yeah, so, uh, autodidact? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't think you really need a teacher, but I just think it's, I'm, I'm learning that accepting knowledge from other people and other sources is more valuable than I used to think it was. So I don't know. I kind of sound like a no, no, no. Because it's a, <laughs> it's kind of a dilemma. You know, the old joke is Thelonious Monk would have never won the Thelonious Monk contest because how do you break through if you're always doing the old things? But then there's so much to learn from the old things too. It's a dilemma. Yeah. So or just learn something if you want to like get into samples. Like learn as much as you can about samples. I don't know. Okay, okay. But keep your mind open. Life is a classroom. It doesn't end at 12th grade. It don't end with a PhD degree. Life is for learning. Is that what you're, <laughs> you're saying, right? Yeah, it's also for rocking, though. Yeah, of course. Like, you got to do that, too. <laughs> of course. we can start enjoying live music again soon. Oh, man. I think it's yeah. going to come. I think it's going to come. Right? We got the vaccines and people... Uh, I think it's going to come. I don't. I don't think anything was canceled. It was just postponed. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a good thing. And another good thing was getting to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Bridget. Thank you. Um, it was such a pleasure. Really appreciate. It. Where can people find you on the internet? Um, I have a band camp, but okay. um, I have. I'm on two different labels: No Rent Records and Hot Releases. Those are both awesome tape and record labels, and my stuff is on on there and then just ether jag band camp Great. and people it's a trippy way of spelling ether a-e-t-h-e-r okay jag g-a-g -G. search it out really uh keep on keeping on Bridget. And good luck. thank you so much Absolutely. people it's been the february 21 2021 edition of the walk pedro show keep your powder right